welcome. We're on episode 76 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, spot or listening on Spotify or iTunes, leave us a review. That that would be fantastic. And if you could subscribe to the VIP YouTube channel, that was great. I think that that's 17 and a half or 18 and a half thousand subscribers recently. It were hit, so um, that's very good. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know our co- my co-host John Evans. Um, Special guest this week, a man who does a lot with VIP boxing, a very, very good trainer, a, a truly passionate boxing man. He's the king of Bolton, Alex Matvienko. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Matt. How's things, Alex? How's in the gym? I'm, I know you said we had to record a bit later. You've been in the gym tonight with yeah. a couple of lads. What's, what's going on in the gym at the moment? Um, well, at the moment, we've got Kyle Lamort is fighting on a Southland show at Liverpool. Steve's got him a good fight on that against a good German. Uh, Mickey Ellison's come 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 back and he's fighting for the central area on a VIP show, so that's going to be good. Uh, we've got our own show with Steve the 16th of July, so we're busy with that. Uh, just had a girl in the world championships, her first international. She's a really good girl. She's spars Savannah and Tasha. She um, got to the last eight, but she'd never even been to an international um, tournament, so she got put in the world games. So... I thought she, I thought she nicked it. She didn't get it, but she'll come again. She she's she's really good. Um, there's loads going. It's mad, mate. It's busy. It's busy. And just b- before John might have something to ask you, how how what's happening with um, Jack Flatley? Jack's back in the gym. He had a fight on their yeah. last core promotion. Fought a pretty good Spanish kid. Uh, had a good six rounds out, and he'll fight again. I'd like to get him an eight rounder, um, or maybe a ten. And then you know, see see what Steve thinks after that. Yeah, lots of competition, isn't there, Alex? Around light middle at the minute. There's plenty. He's not going to have to struggle for a fight, is he? He's going to get an opportunity if he, well, depending on what opportunity Steve can dig up. It's always been that weight class, hasn't it? But throughout, you know, you look through the history of boxing and. The light middleweights have always been like, you know, an exciting division. It's, it's everyone, it's like heavyweights and moves like flyweights. Everyone yeah. loves the light middles. So, um, yeah, he, he's not going to be looking for uh, for opponents. He'll have plenty, obviously, won't he? He always does. He always yeah. does. Yeah, good. Luck. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll press on then. Um, you know how this works, Alex, or if anyone who's listening or watching for the first time, six three minute rounds, the end of three minutes, John gets his bell out, rings it. And you at it's silence wherever you are, mid sentence or whatever. And with a haircut like that, John's had his G's, uh, his US Marine haircut, you listen to that bell and you observe it. John, there's <laughs> a bit of bad news. I'm starting this week, so if you want, oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you off, Steve. I'll let you off. I'm ready. Ready when you are. Yeah, I tell you what, Britain's, Britain's most wanted. Um, just want to talk a bit about Paul Butler recently won. The WBO bantamweight title. He was even the underdog against the late sub, and he's being called out by Sonny Edwards and Lee McGregor now. Um, Sonny wants to jump two weights. Lee says he'll stay at bantamweight to fight him, but when I see Lee around, I always wonder how he ever makes bantam. But they're now challenging Paul Butler. No one was mentioning him before, and Butler's a bloody good fighter. I've, I've He's got so much class and skill. You know what? He's had, you know, he hasn't had many bad nights. You know, 34 wins. Most of those wins, he's performed fantastic. The two losses, Tessie was at the peak of his powers. And Emmanuel Rodriguez, he never recovered from the first round. I think he was dropped two or three times. I think it was twice. 
never recovered, but still showed all the balls in the world to be fighting back after 12 rounds. He's a really good fighter. And um, I just think, you know, it's a little bit, I don't like that he's being called out now when he's got this world title. But what it shows is the value. You know, we talk, we want one, one champion for each weight. But these are the sort of fights that is going to earn um, Paul Butler that money to, to, you know, to be made for life. Yeah, yeah, he's top top fighter, Butler, isn't he? Remember when he had that that real run where he was outstanding, wasn't he? When he was coming through on Box Nation, he was working off oh, the ropes and yeah. moving his head and firing back in combinations. He he looked sensational. And fair play to him for sticking at it because he's not been given anything, has he, Butler? He's just had to no. plug away, plug away, take the opportunities when he can get them, keep making the weight, and eventually he's getting his just rewards. I, I'm with, with you. I think it's a bit disrespectful for people to say, we'll jump up two weights to fight him. Um, and McGregor, yeah, just plucking his name out of thin air. Now he's got a title belt. Uh, might just bite off a little bit more of a can chew with Butler. You he's know, he's, he's, on his day, he's really, really good. I agree with you. And he could be, he'd have a great chance against both of them, I think. And I'm a big, big Sonny Edwards fan. Well, well, how do you feel, Alex, on this? And what's your, what are your, your short take? Um, I've known Paul for years. I remember him in the amateurs. His dad's uh, run boxing. He's lived, breathed it, and his dad runs a boxing club in Elmsmere, poor. And um, he's Paul Butler senior, and, and he's just got lovely feet, lovely movement. You know, he listens to Joe well. Joe's Joe's great with game plans, and you know, get getting people prepared for the fight. And uh, you know, you you can't. I don't really like the calling out fighters. I, I'm not. A, I'm not into that. It's a gentleman's sport for me. I think everyone should act like gentlemen, and it's just not for me. It's a bit cringy. It's a bit. I understand it sells. It puts you in positions, but I like Paul. You know, going off. He, he's a good role model as well. You know, he lives the life. He's clean. He's exactly what you want in boxing. You know, I, I like Paul and. He's got good feet, good skills, great jab, and he listens well. He listens well. You can see it. He's done a lot of rounds with my lads. I've had lads spar him all, all over the years. Well, the bell's gone, but you're going to continue talking. Alex, you want to talk about strength and conditioning coaches. I think you'll have an opinion on this. Yeah, I, I was just speaking to um, one of the fighters who's, who's very passionate about boxing, and we were talking about strength and conditioning. And I've got two strength and conditioning coaches within my gym. And they've got uh, master's degrees. So they've been to the, you know, the pinnacle of learning. And um, you know, one's an ex-professional boxer and an MMA fighter. One's done amateur boxing. They know, they know the sport. And there's just so much emphasis now on strength and conditioning. I think it's running a bit out of control myself. So I was having the conversation with uh, one of the fighters who, who's quite a well-known fighter. You probably um, know Alex Dillamani. And we were just chatting about it. And... Um, you know, and it, I was thinking about it and I was watching Maxie Shilston this morning. That's why I mentioned it. And I think Maxie was the one who sort of got Spinks over the line with it. And and it sort of um, evolved, hasn't it? Now where it, it's massive. You know, these strength coaches are a big part of boxing. But is it detrimental? Shouldn't we be doing strength work more specific? You know, do we want to be jumping in sand or, you know, try and pole vault or, over something or riding a tricycle with... You know, a, a unicycle juggling. You know what? You know, I just feel like sometimes the emphasis is a bit too much on S and C. But I was wondering what you two thought. You know, go on, John. I I, I think the 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 difficulties come when the 
strength and conditioning coach doesn't work with a boxing trainer and they've all got the different ideas about what we should be doing and they don't liaise, yeah. they could be working on something completely different. You've also got to be careful of these... Uh, talking to someone oh, a while ago now who described it as they had a strength and conditioning trainer and dietitian, and it was pretty much... He was teaching the kids what he'd teach a mummy who was going to Benny Dorn for two weeks, you know, just to get them looking all right. Not actual yeah. functional strength, just yeah, the appearance yeah. of them. So yeah. he's... He's good and he's bad. Him. Was Shilston yeah. the guy who got Roy Jones ready as well? Yeah. For John Ruiz. Yeah, yeah he, he, he worked, he's worked with quite a few, hasn't he? And I think he was like one of the first who did it. You know, he, yeah. he was he was one of the first. And like I said, he did it with Roy. He got Roy from light heavyweight up to heavyweight. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it was good listening to that because I think your view's similar to mine then, definitely. You know what my opinion is that, you know, the boxing's evolved a lot. Like all sports have different people teaching them now you know sport has evolved not just boxing my my issue is and certainly working under the boxing trainer boxing coach boxing teacher for, for sure i've got to but the problem also becomes and when i knew you were having this topic what company was a saying about what john billy graham said once to, to john evans and it's when the strength and conditioning coach suddenly wants to be a boxing trainer yeah, you know, and we see too much of that. Um, round three, um, the Scouse Spanish invasion, John Evans. Yeah, brilliant, uh, brilliant performance on Friday night from JJ Metcalf over in against your old mate Laharaga, yeah. Alex. Yeah. Um, JJ's been getting involved a little bit too much, hasn't he, in these last couple of fights? But I thought he mixed it up perfectly. He fought when he had to fight. Yeah, he boxed when he could box, and I think I thought he got it absolutely perfect. But I want to give Joe McNally a shout in the corner. I thought he was fantastic and he seems to be coming of age Joe he gave good instructions very simple but it was the right instructions everything he said worked I thought it was a, a good person to have in the corner in that atmosphere and also we should give Liam Smith a, a shout out for something we might be talking about later yeah. for being on his you know red alert in that dressing room watching my hand wrapping and not standing for any bullshit as Liam doesn't and I thought it was a real brilliant team effort a great win and uh, JJ, like, breathed new life into his career, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, great win. I thought it was a much, you know, a much better performance than even his previous best win when he had to beat Jason Wilborn to win the Commonwealth title. I mean, I actually bumped into them at the airport last week and you could tell it was relaxed, very cool, softly, softly spoken. Cam. That was all in good form. And you know what? You're right about Joe McNally. There's a couple of things said about him when Liam Smith went to him. And again... You know, we forget Joe's box. He's been around the amateur scene. He's been around boxing for a while. And there was a few people, particularly on social media, being quite snidey about him when he got the the, 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 the Liam the, the, got the Liam Smith gig. And you know what? I'm really pleased for him. You know, someone who, who's not out there looking for publicity in it. And it fantastic win, and even better, fantastic by Joe, and even better performance by. Um, by JJ Metcalf, who I, who I didn't fancy to, to win the fight. What do you think, Alex? You you, you know the Irish are better than most. Yeah, you know what I said JJ was going to beat him. Uh, Kerman's very good. If you stand in front of him and you let him catch you, you know, he's got good power. He, he, he's solid. JJ weren't there to be it. He was just out of range. He'd catch him coming in, falling in. He'd move off. He never got stuck on the ropes. And, you know, um, if you stand in front of Kerman, he, he hits hard. He's got good power. He puts all his weight through his shots. But um, JJ Box, absolutely brilliant. And I'm happy for him because he's another good person. And his dad as well. What a fighter his dad was. 
And it's crazy because the styles ain't really exactly similar. JJ's a little bit cuter, a little bit cuter. He has been known to scrap a little, but he showed he's a little bit cuter, JJ, you know, and he, he can really box. He he boxed really well and uh, made up for him, top lad, top lad. Yeah, big, big win that, winning away against the two-weight European champion. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, well yeah, done. One of the biggest wins we've had yeah. this year. There's he, a lot, a lot. Round four, um, Marmite Man. I'm going to talk about Ben Whitaker, who's um, recent, who's signed with Anthony Joshua's management company. He's now with Box. They're going to be on Sky. Um, there's all sorts of rumours about the signing on fee that he, he got. I've heard a figure off a couple of people, but I don't think it's the right to say it because it could be utter bollocks like a lot of boxing talk is. But you know what? None of, none of the Olympians yet have... Um, really made that mainstream impact. People did, they've had exposure, but you know what? I think Whitaker is the man people will tune in to watch him in a few fights. He's Marmite, he knows that, he'll know how to play on it, he sells well, he looks really good on camera. You look at them pictures last week that Sky put out in the publicity, Sonny sort of looked, what a cool guy. Obviously, he looks a bit of a baddie. And um, I think he's going to make a mainstream Im impact and quickly. I, I really, really do. What he can achieve, I don't know. You know there's, there's been rumours of injuries after the Olympics and some stuff that's quite serious, his injuries. But we'll see. I'm really looking forward to this career. And I think he's the one people are going to be talking about very, very quickly. I mean, by the end of the year, he'll be, he will be the best known, even though he, he got a, he, he ended up with a silver and maybe could have lost one or two of them decisions. I'm really looking forward to that career. And you know what? I'm behind him. I'm one of the people who like him. I like peak fighters like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, go on, Alex. I was going to say, you're saying he's probably going to get a bit of attention. I think he'll get a bit more when... Now Sugar Hill's involved, and the ball sat there at the at the uh, press at the press conference with no top on. And you know, <laughs> Sugar Hill's a right character, isn't he? And he draws yeah. a lot of attention just himself. So maybe it was a good move as well. Getting yeah, Sugar great, great point. Yeah, you know he's got Fury in that camp, and you know he, he's going to be around a lot of charisma and a lot of. He'll learn the business fast that way, won't he? Obviously. Yeah. Do you know what? You're dead right. He's the one who's going to stand out. The rest of them are good fighters, but yeah, they've yeah. not got that X factor, have they? Um, and that's what the the last Olympic crop suffering from at the moment. I was talking to people, you know, I was down at the old turret weekend, um, talking to people down there. Who were the headliners? You know, no one from that last Olympic cycles really captured the imagination and can sell out an arena, I don't think, off the top of my head. Um, and Whitaker is the one from this who... I think might carry it all a little bit. He'll be headlining and they'll all follow in his uh, slipstream. But yeah, let's see how he can fight. That's the important thing, isn't he? If he stinks, he's not going to be selling arenas out. He's got yeah. to actually do something. So you know, let's just hope they market him right, that he is that Marmite character. Because that, yeah. if I was, a, I was a PR, he's PR man, I would, I would be marketing him as that man. Do you like him? Do you hate him? With yeah. things he says and the way he looks in pictures, for sure. Those pictures Sky put out last week were another level. Fantastic job by the Sky PR team. Over to you, Alex. And uh, you need you need hands in boxing, but how they how it's how they're wrapped, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it, it depends in what countries and what rulings they follow. I mean, every country is different, aren't they? And I think in England we've got a really good um, association with the British Boxing Board of Control. And they're very strict and they do the due diligence, you know, and they work really hard. I think when you go to some other countries, you know, South America, um, South Africa, Spain, 
the sort of rulings are not as, you know, they're a little bit probably behind us slightly. So we, we have now what we call stacking that we saw with the uh, Liam yeah. Smith incident. And um, the, the fellow was like, oh, well, I, obviously he's going to say that anyway. Because obviously they tried it when, they were, when we fought with Jack, you know, they tried that anyway. But in Spain, I don't think there will be anything. I mean, I'd have to check. But I think if you go on a Spanish show, you probably can start. If you go on the European, the EBU, which they're fighting for, it's a different rule. So obviously they were fighting under the EBU rules, but they were fighting. I mean, Spain could have said, you know what, you're fighting under our regulations. So they could have maybe even said something. So it depends where you fight. And I know in Texas, you're allowed to start. There's certain states and certain places that you're allowed to stack and you're not allowed to. Um, And people say it's just really, it depends if water gets in there, it can make it harder they say, but a lot of it's for looking after your metacarpals. You know, you've got to keep it an inch behind your your knuckle. Obviously, there are the benefits because it's making the fist solid. So, you know, people will argue and people, it'll always be a slight argument with it. But I remember 10 years ago, we used to stack in this, you you could put tape on the hand in this country over 10 years ago. You could do that and there wasn't... um, as much now where now it's literally you can use three pieces, you know, and stuff like that. And things have changed. So, but there should be no, obviously what they've done is trying to do it elite. You know, people shouldn't do it elite. Like you've had the issues with Margarito and people, and that's going a little bit further. And then you get people twisting, putting rope in like the ties and, you know, it's a bit naughty in it, but yeah, stacking, People will argue whether it's, you know, it's, it's for the metacarpals, looking after a fighter's fish, you need them. As long as you're not going over the knuckle, you know, that's what they'll say. So, Just tell that. people what stack, we've got 20 seconds, Alex. It's putting tape on the back of the hand, then bandage, then tape, isn't it? Yeah, or you could put bandage. I think he was putting bandage, tape, bandage, tape. Yeah. There's different ways. Or you could put tape on it. But either way, people say that it makes it more more obviously solid. It makes this more, you know, so there's less movement. Yeah. Because we're on a, you know, a joint, aren't we? Flown through tonight. Over to you, John, for the final round. Yeah, I did, was down at the old 2 this weekend. Bit of a um, VIP bell-to-bell reunion. I saw a good old Denzel, uh, new British champion. Went down to watch Jelly Scott, who you've interviewed, put in a career-best performance. And uh, so Akib Fias, Jamie Moore, so it was a bit of a VIP reunion, but it was down for um, Buatzi and Richards. Big fight, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, really good fight between two British light heavyweights. But I'm just wondering if we saw what we needed to see. I, I think, I don't think either of them are ready for these top guys. You know, um, I'm a Buatzi believer, I, I, I still am. Uh, he showed plenty in there that we've not seen before. You know, he's the thing you know is when you watch Buatzi up close in a fight like that, he's a hard bastard. And when he got hit, he was firing back and coming back to, you know, to get Richards back. But I thought that was a close fight. And if Richards had believed in himself a bit more again and got off first, I think, I don't know, I think the outcome could have been a little bit different. I just think Buatzi needs another fight before, at least one more fight before we're talking about Bivol and Vetterbiev. I don't think he's ready for that yet. I think he needs... More seasoning in tough fights like that. There's, there's two guys in the matchroom roster we could make. We could make John Ryder and we could make Callum Smith. And both of those had really 
tempering ready top for those top, good top, top, top guys at the top of the division. It was a good fight, but I don't think either of them reached the level we were hoping for. I think we were hoping one of them would really stand out, and I don't think either of them did. I haven't seen the fight, John. I was away at the weekend. But oh, it's what, good. It's good. Watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I've just literally been mad a few days away, and then um, one thing about it is on my watch list for later in the week. Um, but what, what interested me was afterwards, Hearn's talking up the fight. You know, Hearn, Barrett, Eddie Hearn, just, you know, he wants to put him in a big It's obvious. But Virgil Hunter certainly seems maybe of your thinking, John. He wasn't so keen at the eliminate. He got quite sharp with Eddie with a little clip of the press conference I saw. Um, but, you know, where, where do you, you know, you, you had this fight for a WBA eliminate. If you're having eliminators, you should be ready for world titles. You know, maybe that's my old, the old school I'm from. Look, you know, his number, I've looked at his rankings today. He's six with the BO, two with the IBF. I think he's four with the WBC and three for, um, Bivol's WBA. If you're having them sort of rankings, you're ready for world titles if someone's coming up. I know it's only number one rankings, at, but you've got to be ready for those if they come now. It's no good Virgil Hunter saying, you know, he's not ready. He's had, he's had he just had a world title eliminator. Why didn't he do that with a British title the other night then? You know, they're having needs for world rankings to get world title fights. I can't comment on the fight. That's just my, my opinion. If you're number two in the world or number three of an organisation, you should be ready to take. So if um, the Turbiev people go to Eddie, you know, and say, we want to defend our, the WBC and IBF belt, well, what do you say? You know, well, what's the point of being number two and four in the world? That's all I can really say, John, because, you know, I haven't seen the fight. Yeah. I've, you know, a lot of good, good people whose opinion I listen to Yourself and Buncey have spoke glowingly about it, and and you actually actually answering a few questions and showing things that you can fire back. Oh yeah. Would you, Alex? Yeah, I think. But I think the more you watch one, the more openings you see, the more flaws you see, um, and I think everyone were putting him on a real. You know, he looked great beating Liam Conroy and people. He looked absolutely fantastic, but. The more someone does fight, the more sort of flaws you see. And Rich has definitely asked some questions. He had to dig deep, didn't he? And uh, I think, as John mentioned, he started a little bit slower, I think, and then got his momentum, probably started believing himself a bit more in the fight. And, uh, you know, he really, Boats had to dig deep. And as John said, he probably learnt a lot from that fight, but maybe he does need another learning fight as well before he goes up against the best of the best. John, if I can just ask you, I was only following it on Twitter about, I was, it was an hour ahead, it was like quarter to one in the morning when I got the results. I was in Madrid for Saturday night and I was following it on Twitter and I saw a lot of people just saying about the ninth round. I haven't really read into that. What happened in round nine, John? With Richards well, and round, round eight, Richards hurt Buatzi. You know, he didn't, he, he wasn't tottering around the ring. He wasn't on the verge of being taken out, but he hurt him and you could see Buatzi was tired and started just, Backing away a little bit, Richards giving the ninth round off, and that's right, what I'm okay, saying. He's just biding his time. If Richards had come out for the ninth, he didn't have to jump on him and throw the kitchen sink. But if he put steady pressure on, I, things could have been a lot different. Yeah, I, maybe I know if they put it in an eliminator. Maybe they were expecting Boatsy to look a lot better than he did against Richards. Maybe we were expecting him to to prove he's a class apart from people like that, but he didn't. I mean, it was a but real good fight. Both they're both better than British level. Yeah. It was hey, a Richard's, good fight. Richard's improvement is staggering. Yeah, 
I, I like Richards. It, it was a better than a British. Well, I'm not slagging the fight off. It, it was a no, good fight, not, an exciting fight. But I was, I think they were hoping that Buwatsi would really stand out. Stopping, yeah, yeah. And I think maybe th- th- that's why it was an eliminate. And I think maybe they might just think now, let's get him a loser of Joel Smith and Baturbiev, which I think we're all assuming he's Joel Smith. Joel Smith or Marcus Brown, Callum Smith, John Ryder, they're all great fights for Buwatsi. And if he beats them, he's ready. What about they offer the fight, go to Frank Warren and offer the fight to Callum Johnson? Callum Johnson, yeah, great fight. Yeah, yeah the one we want. John Ryder's, um, he, he's been there and he's like the gatekeeper, isn't he? Really, yeah. you know, he, he, he did, he, he may have won against Callum, everyone was saying, wasn't he? And he is, he's been like the gatekeeper now, hasn't he? Ever, yeah. You know, he's there, he's, he's there. Yeah, that'd be a good test, that one. Definitely. But they'd, they'd both fight. sell. You know, we like these old British fights. That yeah. was, it didn't do too many tickets, but the people who were there were into it. Um, any of those fights would sell and it'd be the real test for whether Buatzi's ready for it. Because yeah. I think they might just have a couple of second thoughts after Saturday. All right, and fellas, well, I think we went over, went, we went well over three minutes there. John, thanks as always. Anything you want to add, John, before you go about, you know, advertise your barber or something? I don't need advertising. Speaks for itself, doesn't it? Handsome man, I've got to show off my features. No point hiding it behind hair. Chiseled. You were chiseled for London at the weekend, mate. <laughs> Anything you want to add, Alex? I know it's been the end oh, of a long, long day for you, mate. No, no, I'm fine. But thank you for, obviously, it's a privilege to be asked by two boxing men uh, to come on and speak. Yeah. Another two months, we're back for you again, mate. And I'll we'll try and get it when you haven't been in the gym all day, mate. When you, it's all right. You chill. I mean, that, you're, that's you're, never going to happen. Your that's family never. must think it's quarter past nine at now and it's still boxing. Yeah, well, I'll put the telly on it. It'll be boxing again. I'll find someone to watch. So, yeah. <laughs> but tell always a pleasure listening to you. It really is. You always got a, an alternative opinion. That, well, you know, not it's not a deliberate alternative opinion. It's because it's what you believe in. It's great listening to you. Thank you. Thanks everyone else who's watching this no. weekend. All take care. Thank you. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews. Amateur and Pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.